Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica. Yesterday, good news, there were mangoes at Snowy Village. I know, right? I had heard that they were out of mangoes and we're going to be out for a while, but we happened to go there, a group of us, and mangoes were on the menu. So we got to enjoy it in not just one, but two bingsu. <laughs> <laughs> we got two larges. Don't, don't, don't underestimate it. We got two larges. Not, they weren't like regular sizes. Okay. They were two larges, but there were six of <laughs> us, kind of. <laughs> the mango is so good there. Um, you know, I just... It's my favorite one on their menu. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to order if that wasn't there. And I'd settled on strawberry, but surprisingly there were mangoes. So we all left pretty happy. At least I was. <laughs> Would you say Snowy Village is the best dessert in Seattle? Because I think it is, I, in my opinion. I don't think it's the best dessert in Seattle. I think they're putting what? out some really great bingsu. I think dessert is a really large category. And I think I like a lot more dessert than you do. So in terms of like the scheme of desserts in Seattle, I don't I don't think that they're putting out the best dessert in Seattle, but they're putting out <sighs> really good bingsu. Okay, name one better. Name right now on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. Name Put one me better. On the spot. I like the yeah. Queen Amon over at um, Rossellini's. Have you had the Queen Amon there? I'm pretty sure I bought it for you not too long ago. That's not a dessert. That's a that's a, that's a breakfast. That's, that's a, a breakfast, breakfast bakery good. That's a breakfast oh, baked good. That's oh, I I don't go there at seven p.m. and get a Queen Amon. That's not I a eat breakfast. Queen Amon that count. any time of day. It is not a breakfast food. It is a dessert. <laughs> Just to prove to you, Snowy Village wins again. Just kidding. <laughs> what What do you think about the s'mores Sunday at Shug's? It's good. It's not Snowy <laughs> Village good. You don't like chocolate. That's not fair. <laughs> I like chocolate on occasions. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a pretty big category. I mean, that's like saying, like, who makes the best savory food in Seattle? It's different. Like, you can say, hey, who makes the best fried chicken in Seattle? But dessert is too broad of a category. And I'm not taking anything away from Snowy Village. They're doing a great job. I just don't think that, like, it's at the top of my list for dessert. Okay. Monica and I have differing views. Okay, listeners, <laughs> if you have better desserts, please DM us and let us know what dessert, what's your favorite dessert around Seattle. <laughs> but <laughs> let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. This is episode 59. We're almost at episode 60. But Monica, we're going to stick with 59. We have a couple recaps for you today, as well as some events. Monica, what do you think? I think uh, the events were really great. And even though there aren't many of them, they're high quality for sure. Yeah, it's always that post-Halloween weekend that's always kind of a lull because Halloween just takes up all the spot and limelight. But that's okay. You guys can <laughs> eat all your candy on Thursday because then we can eat it up over the weekend. But for sure. okay, Monica, let me go ahead and start off with the recap. For sure. Earlier this week, this was kind of fun. We were invited to a special lunch at London Plain and had the opportunity to meet America's Test Kitchen host, Julia Colin Davison. Julia was in town taking a tour of some of the Northwest producers and locations for the upcoming Seattle Eats event. The America's Test Kitchen 
Seattle Eats Festival is November 8th and 9th, and you can now purchase tickets for both events benefiting Fair Start at seattle.atkeats.com. Monica, have you seen the show America's Test Kitchen on PBS? I have. Can you believe that it's been 20 years? 20 years the show's yeah. been on. Unbelievable. 20 years. And I was just talking to my friend about the lunch, and he's just like, you know, I don't make any decisions about which kitchen equipment to buy without consulting the show. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a really good show. I have it mm-hmm. on the background sometimes when I was younger. Well, and now, too. And the I, I like it because they're always putting out the best recipes because mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously America's test kitchen. So they're testing mm-hmm. out what recipes work and what recipes don't. So mm-hmm. it was kind of exciting to meet Julia. It was super exciting to meet her and to hear some behind the scenes about all the research and surveys that they do behind the scenes uh, with home cooks like like ourselves, um, getting feedback about recipes before they even decide to consider it for one of their recipe books or shows. So just amazing work. So if I ever want to go to the East Coast and work there, I think I would want to work for the America's Test Kitchen because they have so much leftover food from all that research and R&D. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never be hungry. <laughs> um, we're not hungry now. <laughs> we can't even eat the leftovers we have now. <laughs> That's true. It's true. That's Come on, true. Nelson. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. Monica, let's, let's talk about London Plain because... That's where we had lunch. Some mm-hmm. of my favorite dishes at the London Plain included the butternut squash soup and the toast. I'm all about toast. So the Greek goddess and the muhamara and their greens and bulgur and sweet potato and charred salads. I'm always a fan of London Plain because they're always doing something different for brunch. They're not just serving like an eggs benedict or something mm-hmm. like that, right? It's, it's always a little bit healthier in terms of their fare. I like London Plain. I like them too, and definitely I've had brunch there many times before. Uh, I agree with you about the toast, and you know, toast is not just about the selection and curation of ingredients on it. It's the bread, and can we talk about their bread for a second? Yes. (laughs) Artisan, rustic, crunchy outside, really soft middle, and just really, you know, these like the Green Goddess, Greek Goddess toast, amazing. But you know what? That bread makes it without that bread. Okay, well, hold on. The, the mushrooms are really good too. <laughs> the, the roasted mushrooms had such great texture to them. I was like, oh my gosh, it was just like hearty and meaty almost. So really yeah, delicious. Their, their bread is their bread is very rustic. Mm-hmm. And be, before they even brought out the salads and all the all the soups and all the all the dishes, we had the hummus as well as the labna that came mm-hmm. with the bread. <laughs> so yeah. Was, yeah, we were it was all carved out. I had. Yeah, definitely yeah, the- had a good workout because of all the carbohydrates. <laughs> well, the bread disappeared before all of the like hummus and lamna and stuff. It's <laughs> like, man, wish true. we had wish we had more bread over here. <laughs> <laughs> but we just like, no, we better not. Not going to be able to eat it all. <laughs> yeah. But going back to Seattle Eats Festival, it's November eighth and 9th. You can purchase those tickets now, and uh, we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, okay. pretty excited about it. Okay, Monica. Next event, we were out in Ballard. Tell us about this. Well, Nelson, uh, you and I have been to Eastern Washington before, and we've met calf to cow farmers. Last week, we got to meet grain farmers, and they came to us in Seattle for a farmer meet and greet hosted by Shepherd's Grain. 
we gathered at Olympic Rooftop Pavilion, which is above Stoneburner, and they provided us with delicious food made with shepherd's grain. I mean, I have to be honest with you and say that I didn't, I hadn't really heard of them before. And so it was really great to learn about the farmers themselves. So the farmers told us about um, how they use no tilling and how that's better for the soil and better for sustainability and for our environment. And we also heard from businesses like our friends at Pasa Casalinga about the quality of shepherd's grain and how reasonable the price is. And Nelson, I had no idea some of these businesses, some of our favorite businesses were actually using shepherd's grain and meeting the farmers and hearing their stories and trying the food was so worthwhile. I mean, some of the businesses there looks like blazing bagels, right? And we both mm -hmm. love them. Yeah. And like just thinking about how good that bagel is and knowing that part of that has to do with the type of grain and that they've made a decision to use that and that really you know, just makes their products so good. And also who else was there? Oh, Larson's Bakery. I've been going mm -hmm. to Larson's Bakery for 20 years in Seattle. Yeah. I used to live like two blocks away. So just amazing. Um, what, what were you so intrigued about Nelson? Cause you had a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a lot of questions. Cause you know, Monica, I work in tech, so mm -hmm. I'm always interested in how different businesses, especially farming business that's been mm -hmm. for been here for so long, right? So so yeah. many centuries that I'm I'm always curious is like what what kind of technologies and what kind of techniques have you adapted mm -hmm. over the years? Because there are a lot of people that stick to their old ways and methods and mm -hmm. it's kind of sometimes hard for businesses to adapt to those newer models mm -hmm. that can improve things because just change is just people fear change. And yeah. I, that's kind of my question. But Monica, I can you tell our listeners the comment that you made at the end? Because I thought that was very interesting Be because the farmers and the businesses, they, they had a question is like, they didn't know how to tell the story. And I yeah. think you, your comment was really resonated to me. Yeah. Well, uh, you're right. The farmers are sort of at this point where they're trying to tell the story. And as you were saying, these are family generations of farmers. I mean, you know, I think maybe the newest one, they've been around for 30 years, but I mean, really it's been generations and generations. And the whole concept of sharing the story with consumers and wondering why it matters. I think that the thing that they weren't getting and maybe now they're learning is that especially in Seattle, we're very purpose driven with the money that we spend. And like to me as a consumer, what I pay for a price of bread depends on the quality, the value, and also it matters how responsible that company is being in terms of supporting our local economy and being sustainable to the environment for generations to come. And so there was a comment earlier from one of the farmers wondering, you know, I mean, do people care like where their grain comes from and the practices that we use? Absolutely, we do. And also mm -hmm. just hearing, you know, Michaela from Pasa Casalinga talked about how much test she went through trying different kinds of flour and how shepherd's grain was the absolute perfect. I mean, that matters. Like she worked really hard to find the right recipe and perfected it. And we buy it because of that. And she has a reasonably priced product that is delicious. And honestly, she's making some of the best pasta in the city. And it all just kind of comes together And telling that story to people matters. I agree. I think what they had problems with is that they were selling all their products and their grains and their, and their flowers, and they never emphasized what the final product was that mm -hmm. they made at the end, how yeah. delicious it was mm -hmm. like these bagels from blazing mm -hmm. bagels that mm -hmm. came out and how, you know, 35, or whatever, I don't know how many 40 different flavors of bagels mm -hmm. that they come out made with their flour. Mm -hmm. It was just something that just needed to be pointed out. 
Yeah, for sure. And even the next day, I was watching them take a tour around the city through their stories on Instagram. Um, I saw mm -hmm. they went to Seattle Biscuit Company. I've known Seattle Biscuit Company, the owner, Sam, since pretty much right when they opened. And I know his, his recipe has changed over the years because I've tasted it. And that product and knowing now that there's shepherd's grain in there, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. So, you know, who knows how many other businesses are using it? And I would love to know that. Also, Nelson, I just want to give a shout out to O Snaps from Instagram. Uh, she invited us to meet everyone. And that's the first time I met her in real life. And so just really am grateful for the opportunity, uh, not just to meet her, but to, to be exposed to this wonderful story. That was a fun event. And I'm glad we had a chance to check it out. For sure. Okay, Monica. Let's move on to one last recap. On the weekend, you and I were out at the Shambles for Project Lamberger's workshop with Chef Seamus Platt and American Lamboard. As many of you guys know, several weeks ago, Monica, you and I created our own Lamberger creations and we sent our feedback of our burger creations to them. And on Saturday at the Shambles and the American Lamboard, they took all that information and created three different Lamberger styles, the Salumi, the Americana, and the Mediterranean. And they provide us with all the ingredients. And we basically constructed the burgers. Mm -hmm. This was all to help Shambles and Seamus Platt create their new lamb burger for the restaurant. Monica, what'd you think? I thought it was really good that they serve the ingredients separately so that we could taste them. I'm, I'm all about tasting ingredients uh, both together and separately. So I really enjoyed that. I think that I wouldn't have gotten as much out of it if it was just already composed into a burger. I love that whole process that we've been through and seeing the final creation and just, you know, can I just say, I put pancetta on one of my burgers. So I was like, oh yeah, pancetta. <laughs> nice. <laughs> very cool very good very good gold star for monica oh another one thank you nelson <laughs> uh, but but nelson honestly um out of the three that we tried i think that the salumi burger was the best and i think you'd agree i do have to agree with that and what i really liked was that we can't we were able to be critical of the all the burgers mm -hmm. right after right mm -hmm. there's a lot yeah. of times where he's like oh yeah it's good and like we're holding back on our opinions because we don't want to offend anyone until after <laughs> so <laughs> but we were able to really give immediate feedback and mm -hmm. tell them this doesn't work or this this didn't work or i like this part so mm -hmm. i think it was really good giving all the feedback especially for example i like the salumi burger like you said mm -hmm. i thought because the shambles has so many cured meats, it would have been nice. Maybe you could have added like something else on top of it, like mm -hmm. some salami or prosciutto with mm -hmm. the pancetta. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. I, like I said, right. For me, I'm go bigger, but go home. So, mm -hmm. you know, give me a little bit more meat on top of the lamb burger. Mm -hmm. But again, you don't want to take away the lamb, the yeah. taste of the lamb burger too, as well. I just kind of my opinion. And the other two burgers, we, I did like it. They just kind of fell a little short for me. Yeah, me too. I think there were just a couple of ingredients in each one that threw it off a little bit. Um, like in the second one, the cheese was so delicious, but it was so striking. It definitely overwhelmed a lot of the lamb, which is not what we want to happen. And the Mediterranean had a lot of great ingredients as well, like that lemon zesty flavor. Oh, that was that was delicious. And the garlic. I mean, yeah. So anyway, um, I thought I was really lucky to be part of a process like that and i enjoyed it a great deal and i thought it was a really interesting way to engage folks on instagram yeah i had a really great time and i can't wait to come back to the shambles and try out their lamb burger when they decide on what their final product mm -hmm. is 
Well, that's all our recaps. Monica, we have several events, so I'm going to have you start it off. Okay. Uh, my first event, um, let's see. You all, Nelson, you and I, we're always looking for events that are for good causes or pay it forward in some way. So on Friday, November 1st, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., the Atrium Kitchen at Pike Place Market is having kindness in the kitchen. It's a pay it forward pop-up where you can buy a tasty breakfast for yourself and pay it pay for another breakfast for, for someone who needs a good meal. So even if you can't make it, though, you can always pay it forward on the Atrium Kitchen website. And Nelson, you and I have participated in this program before, and they make it so easy to give someone a nutritious meal. Absolutely, yes. Tracy out in Atrium Kitchen does amazing stuff, and she's always thinking of these type of pay it forward mm -hmm. or charitable type events that mm -hmm. she's doing on a weekly basis or mm -hmm. during the month too. Mm -hmm. She's doing really great stuff down in the atrium kitchen. For sure. So guys, I would really check out their website because they have a calendar of events. And as Nelson says, this is not the only sort of community focused event that they do. Chef Tracy is very focused on community and bringing people together around food. And they also have a lot of great classes and pop-ups there. Right. Monica, I have, let me start off with my event. Have you ever seen a live sumo wrestling competition monica just just asking just asking for a friend i haven't i've watched so many of them on tv though <laughs> but i've never seen one live and so this is really interesting okay i have been to one and it's very interesting very pops and pops and circumstances mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of tradition lots of stuff and then you see the competition that lasts less than 10 seconds or, or a little <laughs> bit more depending <laughs> it's it's quite fun and it's mm -hmm. quite interesting playing football it i i can it's, I like watching it because it's basically two offensive linemen going at it, right? So just, <laughs> okay. Uh, they're wearing a little less clothes, though. <laughs> yes, less clothes. Less clothes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you'll be able to view sumo wrestling and eat sushi while you're at it at the Wamu Theater. Mm -hmm. Legendary sumo wrestler Kanishiki will be explaining the rules and techniques of sumo and you'll be seeing live matches if you just like to view the sumo competition tickets are also available just for that as well so you don't have to purchase the sushi that accompanies it hmm. monica it seems like a fun event at wamu theater and there's going to be three days so you have three opportunities to go catch the shows and i think saturday has two shows that's a lot of sumo and sushi shows <laughs> it does sound like fun though it sounds like quite an experience <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like fun. Okay, so I got one. The first time I went to this one, I was living in Ballard. So for y'all don't know, I used to live in Ballard until I got too expensive years ago, and then I moved out. But this one, on Sunday, November 3rd, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., is at the Swedish Club at 1920 Dexter Avenue North. They're going to be having their monthly Swedish pancake breakfast. So if you miss it this month, don't worry. There's one every month. It's It's been a while since I've been there, but it's a great place for live music and folk dancing. And you're going to get a plate of pancakes with lingonberries, ham, and toppings, which is traditional. And it's perfect timing for the holidays because they'll also be having their annual Scandinavian holiday bazaar. I don't know about you, Nelson, but I try to get my holiday shopping done before Thanksgiving. So it sounds like a great deal to me. Yeah, it does sound like a great deal. I'm always up for pancakes. <laughs> I know, right? Pancakes of any kind. And so, guys, tickets are $11 for adults, and children between 5 and 12 are just $5. 
And again, if you miss this month, don't worry. They have one every month. It's just you'll get the bonus of the bazaar this time. And another thing at, in Ballard, Monica, tell us about this winter festival. So uh, this, oh man, Nelson, the holidays are a great time to get out and celebrate with local breweries. I'm laughing because I kind of feel like it's always a great time for me to get out and celebrate with local breweries. Uh- <laughs> I'm laughing because you're already talking about the holidays. It's not It's not even the end of October. We're not even in November yet, and we're talking about holidays. I know, so. but these start in November. So, you know, technically, okay. after after Halloween, it is on. <laughs> So these events are okay. all after after Halloween. So it's fair game. Okay. So okay. on Saturday, November 2nd, from 2 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., you can buy two different sessions for the Ballard Brood Winter Beer Festival. This 21-plus event will feature Bad Jimmy's Brewing Company, one of my faves, Maritime Pacific Brewery, and Rubens Brews, and more. Each brewery is going to have a brand new beer on tap just for the festival. So it's super exciting. There will be food for purchase and proceeds will benefit Bellwether Housing, Seattle's largest private nonprofit affordable housing provider. Nelson, it's been a minute since we've been to a beer festival. Well, since you've been to a beer festival. (laughs) (laughs) Only two weeks ago. (laughs) Only two weeks ago. But it sounds like the time is right. Guys, tickets are available on Eventbrite and range between $30 and $40. You'll get 10 drink tickets, and the advanced ticket for $40 includes a commemorative shirt. I'm always looking forward to the brew fest. So I think that's about it for events, though. I'm looking forward to the commemorative shirt. I know. I want the, I want the t-shirt. <laughs> it's too bad they're not giving away a tote bag, Nelson. <laughs> Monica, it is, I guess you're right. The holiday season is coming up. Mm-hmm. That means I have to prepare myself for all the holiday weight I'm going to gain during the holidays. Oh, all right. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I already, <laughs> I I think I was telling you guys uh, when we were out this weekend that I looked at a picture of myself from June and I'm positive I put on 15 pounds. It's been a harsh summer. Um, <laughs> I got to go on a diet. <laughs> So you're the reversal. You put on the summer weight and then you lose the holiday and then you lose it during the holidays, that's right? Only, that's only because I, hi- that's only because I hibernate. That's the yeah. I hibernate during the winter. Yeah. I don't want to go out right. much. Stock, <laughs> stock up, stock up in the summer. So you yeah. can lose all the weight in the winter. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> that's you're doing it right. Okay. You're, doing it, you're doing it the right way. Doing the right yeah. way. <laughs> all right, Nelson. Speaking of all these great brew fests, um, there's a little something that's going to be happening in Soto, right? Yes, yes. For Halloween. For Halloween, Mm, of course. mm. And Monica, I know Halloween is just is for trick or treating, right? A lot of kids go out, get candy, do all that fun stuff. Right. And they come back with like a pillowcase full of candy. But Halloween is also for adults, too. At Soda Wine Works on Halloween Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m., Soda Wine Works is throwing a trick or taste event. Mm. 10 wineries for you to drink around drink wine on halloween each winery will have a trick-or-treat and wine specials and if you're in costume monica bottles are 10 percent off just for you there will also be other activities throughout soda wine works including a magician at one of the wineries so i'm not going to tell you which one it is so you're gonna have to visit all 10 of them to figure out which one has the magician but each winery <laughs> has some sort of fun activity or event like this yeah last time i went we I went to the Bacchus block party and people were in droves dressed up in togas. Like I felt <laughs> underdressed because I did not wear a toga. For this party. <laughs> so you guys come in your best Halloween costume, sporty spice, your favorite Backstreet Boy, Batman. I don't know what, whatever Iron Man, 
I'll come in as Wonder Woman. It doesn't matter. Oh, Just so you do have a costume. costume. <laughs> oh, yes, I do have a costume. Mm. I I don't I'm not going to tell everybody what it is. It's not Wonder Woman, but maybe something similar. I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, kudos to you for finding a costume, Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Monica, speaking of Soto Wineworks and Trick or Taste, let's go ahead and get into our interview, shall we? Yes. Tell me more. Our interview today is with Ryan Shoup of Nine Hats Wines, and they're part of the collective for Soda Wine Works. Nine Hats Wines launched in 2007 and has ins- was inspired by the Long Shadows team of nine internationally renowned vintners, and a tip to the hat to those wine growers. Adjoining Nine Hats Wines is Nine Pies Pizzeria, which makes for a great combination. Monica, have you been to Nine Pies before? Oh man, their pizzas, okay, their pizzas are really good, but I just want to tell you, you have to get the burrata. Their bar- oh. burrata is amazing. I, you know how much burrata we eat. And we love burrata. <laughs> we eat a lot of burrata. <laughs> no, um, I've been to Nine Hats and had Nine Pies, but I haven't tried the mm-hmm. burrata. So I'm a mad, I'm a little mad, yeah. and I got to go back for it. <laughs> burrata is amazing. Their antipasto is amazing. Their salads. It's not just pizzas, guys. I mean, you guys have to check this check this place out. It's really good. But nonetheless, here's our interview with Ryan Shoup of Nine Hats Wines. Hey Seattle, we are out in Soto. Actually, we are at the Soto Wine Works out here. I'm speaking to Ryan Shoup of Nine Hats Wines. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for Great. being here. I've been here before. We're in this lovely tasting room that you mm-hmm. guys have at Nine Hats. The last time I was here, I heard some great stories and some great anecdotes. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about, about Soto Wine Works? There's about 11 tasting rooms right here? Currently, 10 tasting 10 rooms. Tasting rooms. Um, we are one of 10, and then we um, also recently had a champagne bar, the House of Pain, uh, open up a few doors down, which oh. is also a great addition. Yeah, that's new since I was just here. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And the name, obviously, is pretty amazing also. Yeah. Now, we're into October, late yeah. October, so which means that we're into Halloween season. Mm-hmm. And there's an event coming up called Trick or Taste. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? So, yeah, for the spirit of Halloween, um, we're doing the Trick or Taste down in the Soto Wineworks. Each one of the wineries is participating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there'll be some costumes, fun prizes. You know, we're doing a a raffle for a four bottle purchase. We'll get you a chance of winning a $50 gift card to our pizzeria, Nine Pies. Yeah, so, you know, it's just going to be a lot of people dressed up, having a good time, enjoying good wine, and um, yeah, it'll be fun. To all our listeners, for those that don't know, the last event was a Greek theme. Yeah. So there's when I came, there was tons of people dressed up in togas. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Looked, like, it looked like a fancy frat party. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we like to go big down here. You know, there's a lot of space for people to play around. There's a lot of great wines. Um, people get really into it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great energy down here. Um, everyone participates. Yeah, it's just a good atmosphere, good vibes. Tell me a little bit about Nine Hats Wines. Nine Hats Wines is a sister label uh, from our winery, Long Shadows. We've been in the Soto uh, Winework space for about two years now. You know, all our fruit's coming over from Columbia Valley. It's done by our uh, resident winemaker, Gilles Nicole, who's from Rhone, France. Originally, we had our red blend, um, which was the, our first vintage was uh, 2007. So Nine Hats has actually been around for some time, but we obviously wanted to grow the portfolio. And then when we actually reached nine wines we said you know it's it's time to give this a, a, a space to showcase these wines on its own so we opened up about two years ago it's a really cool space obviously you know it's a 
urban environment, close to downtown, close to the stadiums, easily accessible, and you know we're surrounded by good company. So we're just we're happy to be here. We're happy to see the growth, and um, we're excited for what the future holds for the area. I think that uh, it's it's going to be really cool. Yeah, we're it's very busy. It's on, we're recording on a weekday, mm-hmm. and I literally could not find a parking spot I know. around here. I know I had to park on the street, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" It's yeah. like it's very busy, and I'm I'm looking all and like all the wineries are yeah. very busy around. Absolutely, time. absolutely. You told us a little bit about the type of wines that you guys serve at Nine Hats. Can you tell us a little bit more on what you guys specialize in? Now, yeah. I I was at the tasting room. You guys also do a rosé too. That was we do really, really yeah. good. Our rosé is very popular. It's our Julia's Dazzle Rosé. We actually named it after my niece, Julia. It's a Pinot Gris Rosé, fairly dry, beautiful bottle. Yeah, we sell it at Costco. It's great for the summer. That's definitely one of our our signature wines. We also have a a nice mix of reds from a red blend, Cabernet, Merlot, Syrah, Malbec. And then we have some some really nice whites as well, uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, uh, Riesling. I have a wine connoisseur in front of me. So I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. I don't know what our level of listeners in terms of wine drinkers are and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So what advice could you give to consumers who are just starting out drinking wine and just kind of progress from there? I would say initially just don't be intimidated. Don't be scared to, to try, you know, different varietals. Definitely don't be scared to ask questions. Um, I think a lot of people get intimidated when they walk down the aisle of a grocery store and they see all the options to pick from. And I think, you know, when they come into the tasting rooms, they, you know, they want to ask the right questions. But really, you know, don't be scared to ask any questions. I mean, there is no bad question. And, and we are here to find your likes and your dislikes. And, um, you know, I think that Nine Hats is a, a great wine, an introductionary wine for new and young wine drinkers. You know, we've got something for everyone's palate. And so do all the wineries down here, truly. I mean, you, what, whatever it is that you're looking for, someone down here has it. And um, the best way to, to figure that out is just kind of trial and error. Don't be shy to, to experiment. Take some risks. Um, and, you know, the, I think the reality of it is, especially for Washington, is that there are some phenomenal wines in the 10 to 20, 20 to $30 range. So I wouldn't focus on price tag too much. Um, I would trust your palate, trust the, the people who are trying to help you and point you in the right direction. Got it. I'll change that because <laughs> before it used to be, I'd be at the store and I'm like, whatever label looks good, I'm going that, right? I like doing that too, though. I like when a label stands out to me. A label's very important. You know, something's got to set you apart from the rest of them. So I think that's a good place to, to start is, yeah. you know, find what, yeah. what you connect with, what resonates with you and go from there. I think it's good. It's just... A lot of times when I was younger, I would just choose and just pick to see what I liked. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I mean, if, if you keep practice, practice makes perfect. Right? Absolutely. You keep doing it in repetition. Absolutely. That. And, you know, starting with the varietal that kind of speaks to you is good. And then you can kind of play around with different regions and, and different styles and go from there. And I think um, that's a good place to start, at least. Okay, now let's move to the advance. When you're drinking wine, mm-hmm. whether it's Nine Hats or somewhere else, yeah. what, what kind of key things are you looking for? Well, I mean, you know, this is this is a food blog. So, I mean, I when I'm I'm sitting down for dinner, if I'm cooking at home, that wine is going to be a reflection of whatever I'm about to put in my mouth. So, I mean, it's going to be what brings out the flavors in that dish and what I think highlights, you know, some of the the taste and the accents in that. And I think that, you know, food and wine obviously have the great synergy. They just really bring out the the best characteristics in in one another. So, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely will will plan ahead, try and pick 
the right wine for the right occasion with the right meal. Um, I think that, that that's important. But it, it took me some time to, to figure out how to get there. You know, it's, and, but like I said, experimenting is the best way to, to figure out what, what suits you and, and what you like and dislike. Now, next door is Nine Pies Pizzeria. Correct. How did that idea come up? Well, originally it was just, you know, we were going to put a tasting room down here. And we wanted to, you know, be part of this urban wine hub where you didn't have to go all the way to Woodenville to try amazing, great wine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is such a great central location where it's not you know, a 30 or 40 minute drive, you know, you, you can you can get here easily. So that was the draw originally for the tasting room. There was a space next door. There was no, current, at that point, there was no food options down here. Yeah. Like I said, you know, wine and food go hand in hand. So it was the logical next step was, you know, let's let's bring some food down here for, because the area needs it. You know, I think that, that pizza and wine go really well together. I totally agree. And, <laughs> uh, and it kind of just, we just kind of saw it. We looked, I think, you know, my father and I and my brother, Dane, we, we looked at the space, um, it, you know, it was a blank canvas, kind of said, you know, that's where a pizza oven could go. And, you know, we could have put a bar there and a display window here. And, you know, it just felt right. The connection between the two and the name, obviously, it just kind of all came together. We just kind of ran with it. You know, it never really was something that I saw as our next logical step. I, was, I wasn't planning on getting into the restaurant business. and yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that we did because I think that they really complement each other and people really seem to love it. And, you know, it's great to be able to have people come over for tastings and then walk across, you know, the hall for, for dinner and vice versa. So it's been a good fit for the structure, for the building. And, um, yeah, we're, we're grateful that we um, have gotten accepted. The, the community and it's been it's been a good run. Your pizzas are really good. I've had it multiple times. Thank so, you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, the yeah. pizza is good. A lot of people when they think wine, mm -hmm. they think wine, they're thinking a little bit upscale food. Sure. Right. So <clears throat> I, I think I the way you pair pizza together with wine, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. That being said, mm -hmm. let's talk about food because yeah. this is the Seattle Food yeah. Podcast. You have several wines. What are some good nine hat wines that go well with food? That pair with food, the red and the white. Well, I would say that I personally like our, our Syrah. It's sourced from Columbia Valley. I think it it really pairs with kind of any dish. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you can go meat. I think you can go, you know, salmon. I think that it's just a safe bet. And to have a great bottle of wine like that, $25, and you can kind of bank on the fact that it's going to go well with whatever cuisine you're, you're um, deciding on. Mm -hmm. In terms of whites, off the bat, this is Washington, so we, we make some nice Riesling. Our Riesling is an off-dry Riesling. You know, just off the top of my head when we're talking about nine pies and nine hats, our Riesling goes really great with, we have a stuffed mushroom dish that's, that's pretty beautiful, and then we've got uh, numerous uh, really nice salads. The one off the top of my head is a Arugula salad with uh, pancetta and a balsamic dressing, and those two um, really highlight each other nicely. So that would be a recommendation. It's something I, I pair quite often. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about red and white wines and the difference between them when you're pairing foods or yeah. even just in general? Yeah. You know, I, I think that reds, obviously for me, I like to go with like pasta and, and poultry. That's what my my palate um, usually gravitates towards. And then whites, obviously, I think, you know, great with uh, a lighter dish, white fish also. But in terms of the wines, I mean, besides the overall 
color and presentation of them. I mean, white wines essentially are white wine grapes that are have the skins um, discarded from them. Red wine grapes are as red wine where you, you keep the skins on it for the fermentation process. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that is the main difference. Once that, anything after that, you know, that's kind of in the winemaker's hand and, and in the uh, consumer's hand for what they think it will go uh, best with. But essentially, that's the main difference. I have a couple more questions and we'll end it from there. Like I mentioned, this is a foodie podcast, mm -hmm. so I have to ask you, Ryan. Yeah. Where do you like to eat in Seattle? Oh, you know, I, I like to hang out down in the International District a lot. Yeah, me just, too. Yeah, Good. Okay. I just stumble on uh, different holes in the wall. We've got a great Asian food scene, so I jump around there a lot. But right now, I would say my the one that's at the top of my list is called Stateside. Yeah. And that's a French-Vietnamese fusion mm -hmm. up on Capitol Hill. I love them. You know, I, I go there quite often. The cumin lamb ribs? Have oh, you had yeah. That before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the duck egg roll slash yep. fresh roll. Yep. Uh -huh. Those are delicious. And we should then, eat together. Absolutely. This is really good. <laughs> absolutely. Um, quick cheap eats, you know, uh, little Woody's Burgers. Yep. That's a, you can't go wrong there. Um, Jay's uh, Asian Bistro on Madison, down in Madison Valley. Oh, that's, I have not tried that. That's a yeah, good one. Okay. He's, uh, he's a great guy. Jay, uh, he's, you can always find him uh, behind the behind the counter there and uh, he really prides himself in everything he puts in front of you. So it's it's great to see that passion kind of in every one of his dishes and he, he does a phenomenal job. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, two more questions. Yeah. Where can we find Nine Hats and Nine Pies on social media? So we've got Nine Hats Instagram, Nine Hats Facebook, and then just Nine Pies Pizza.com and then we've got a Nine Pies Instagram and a Nine Pies Facebook as Perfect. well. All right, guys, just for all you listeners, we're going to be Soda Wineworks has Trick or Taste Halloween Pre-Funk. It's going to be Halloween from 5 to 8 p.m. Yep. with all 10 wineries. Yep. And can you tell us what's the special again for Nine Hats? So we are raffling off a $50 gift certificate to Nine Pies with every four-bottle purchase of a Nine Hats wine. Perfect. And you'll be doing tastings as well during the time. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, thank you for Perfect. having me. I appreciate this. And that was our interview with Brian Shoup of Nine Hats Wines. Don't forget, you guys, trick or taste this Halloween from 5 to 8 p.m. Make sure you check them out if you guys want to get a glass of wine or do some wine tasting on Halloween before you start and head out for the night. You know, Nelson, I didn't make it to the Bacchus block party out there, but I have to say when I did visit Nine Hats, it was we, we actually were talking about Halloween costumes while we were there, and I could already tell that they were going to be totally into it. And so I'm not surprised at all that people are really into themed events nowadays because it's a fun way for grownups to celebrate as well. So it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, they do some great events there, too, that are non-holidays mm -hmm. because they do movie nights mm -hmm. as well as trivia night down there. And they're always doing some sort of promotion. So make sure you guys follow Nine Hats on Instagram and their Facebook page so that way you're up to date on what kind of fun events that they have. Mm, for sure. All right, Monica, that's basically our show for tonight. Anything you want to say to our listeners before we leave? No, I think so. Monica, do you need to apologize to anything? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to apologize to anyone? No, I, I don't know. Okay. We just, I'm just, just opening, just opening up the door for you. To, oh, okay. To just kinda, um, yeah. Well, 
thanks for the opportunity, Nelson. I, I don't think that I owe anyone any apologies today, but um, I guess I could like <laughs> pre-apologize for anything that might happen in the future. <laughs> I mean, that's paying it forward, right? And we're all about paying it forward. <laughs> yeah, we are paying about paying it forward. Yes, of course we are. I mean, come on. Everybody has a bad day, Nelson. Just I tend to have more than most people. <laughs> <laughs> So what are your Halloween plans? Are you are you handing out candy with your son or what's going on? What I know about my son is in the last few years, he's been very um, indecisive about Halloween because, again, my son is like a 40 year old. Uh, and so he's <laughs> gone back and forth, you know, like for the last couple of years, I said, you know, you're getting a little bit old to go trick or treating. So you should like the make, make the most out of it. I mean, you like candy, right? And so he's he he always does this where like right now he's saying he doesn't want to do anything and he doesn't want to dress up. But like in a day or so, he'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm just like, OK, well, hold on. I don't know if we can do that now. Um, so I'm just I'm hoping that if he does make a decision that he wants to have a costume that we can put something together really quickly. My costume's done. I'm really proud of my costume, but Oh, well, it's possible that we may stay home and give out candy, which I know you're such a huge fan of Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a fan of handing out the candy. Look, <laughs> I, I want to watch my basketball game without interruption. Okay. <laughs> yeah. just, I, can't, so, I can't be this damn doorbell that keeps ringing <laughs> every, every 15 seconds. I can't watch my game. No, I'm just kidding. The last thing my kids said about Halloween, you'll appreciate Nelson and you'll appreciate that you guys are like the same age. This is what he said. He said, <laughs> can we just buy candy and turn out all the lights and eat all the candy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was That's the last it. thing he said about Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. We're handing out all the, we're handing out all the candy, the trick or treaters. They're taking away all of my almond joys, my Kit Kats and my Twixes. I was like, come on guys. There's like, always extra leaving... almond joys. What are you doing eating almond no, joys? No, 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 no. You're leaving me with the chocolate M&M. <laughs> the plain, the plain chocolate M&Ms, Monica, not the peanut ones, the plain ones. No. I like those. Oh, no, I don't. I don't like those. Okay. I don't like those at all. <laughs> all right everyone well that's our show for today thank you so much for listening have a wonderful and happy halloween wherever you guys are doing have fun out there and happy eating seattle thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on in the meantime you can find us on instagram and facebook at seattle foodie podcast and on twitter at seattle food pod you can also email us at seattle foodie podcast at gmail.com thanks again and we hope you enjoy the seattle foodie podcast <laughs>